Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Mums the Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Christine McGuinness and I'm your guest host for this week. I'm mum to 10-year-old twins Leo and Penelope and my youngest daughter Felicity is age six. One of the hardest things I found when I became a parent was the worry. I think no one really prepared me for how much I was going to worry about my children. Everyone spoke about the sleepless nights and teething and settling them into nursery and all of those things but the worry was something that I never quite prepared for and I don't think it ever goes away. I always worry how they're doing at school, are they going to make friends, will they get bullied, are they going to work when they're older, are they going to have relationships, will they learn to drive a car, it's all all of these worries I started to feel as soon as I got pregnant I worry about everything and I wasn't ready for that but it's all worth it. One of the most surprising things for me when I became a mother was the patience. The patience I've got now is incredible and that's something I don't think I would have if I didn't have children. I was always very calm, always very laid back but it's helped me in in bigger ways in 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 other areas in life not just for being a parent i'm not just patient with the children i'm i'm patient with everything and little things now just don't seem like a big deal anymore and that's something that i would never have had it's it's literally like you know there, there could be chaos going on and i would kind of sit there going oh I'll be fine be fine it'll sort itself out and that's been one of the best best things that I've got from becoming a mother I think one of the biggest tips I would give to anybody is to accept help and it's something that I need to really start practicing what I preach on because I'm, I'm terrible for wanting to do everything but if you have got a family member a friend anybody who you trust that is happy just to come over and help for an hour with your children let them do it don't feel like you're being lazy don't feel like you're letting yourself down you're not being a good mother or a good parent just just say yes that would be amazing go and take an hour to yourself whether you have a nap or you have a shower those little extra hands now and again it, it really is important for yourself but anyway that's enough about me let's get into this week's chat This week, we are joined by special guest, Grace Victory. Grace is an influencer, author, YouTuber, survivor, and mummy to little boy, Cypress Seven, and Kamiko Wild. Grace, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I feel like I've learned a lot about you over the last 24 hours. I have been studying your social media, but I'm really, really excited to talk to you. First of all, I just want to know, how was it for you going from one child to two? hard I think my story is quite unique so obviously I had Cyprus um 
under very awful circumstances. So I had COVID. Um, I had him on Christmas Eve 2020. I was put in the ICU on Christmas Day. And then Boxing Day, I was put in a coma. So my journey to motherhood didn't start off great, um, quite traumatic. Um, and there was a lot of grief and loss I had to process. And then with Kamiko, I didn't have high expectations. I sort of went into that pregnancy and that birth um, just hoping that I was going to make it home because with Cyprus, I was in hospital for five months after I had him. So I was kind of just tunnel vision about getting through the pregnancy. When I had her, it was like complete and utter shock because during my ICU stay with Cyprus, a lot of people, nurses, and they meant well, but they would say things like, you're not missing much because, you know, he's just a baby. They don't really do anything. But then when I had Kamiko, they change daily. Like they coo, they smile, they can do all these new things. And I realized yeah. how much I'd missed out on with Cyprus after having Kamiko. And I found that really, um, really hard. And going from naught to one, I feel like is a shock, but one to two was even worse for me. I felt like I was outnumbered. I am <laughs> outnumbered. Um, and I think that the age is really like incompatible because Cyprus is two and a half and Kamiko is nearly nine months and they both really need me still. And I feel like I have to really split my time Um and obviously you get mum guilt. And yeah, I really struggled. I actually had um, postpartum depression. Oh God, bless you. I can't yeah. even imagine. I mean, the, the differences that you've had, the experiences you've had with both babies as new, newborns has been completely different for you. Yeah. It sounds like it's not what you imagine when you get pregnant. I know myself, I've, I've got three children and I started with twins and you have this vision in your head of what it's going to be like. Um, both yes. of yours isn't what you imagined it to be. Yes. But how was the actual birth with Kamiko? I understand that with Cyprus, it was a C-section. Yeah, so Kamiko was a C-section too. I went in for like a routine uh, checkup. I think I was 38 plus three. Both of our heart rates were high. And for my history with being in the ICU for... 98 days they couldn't really risk it so I was admitted just for for a night um and in my blood test I think there was infection markers in my work blood cell count they basically said can we deliver her by c-section tomorrow and I was fine with that um because I was excited to meet her and I um really trusted my medical team who thankfully were all on shift so it was wheel down it was very relaxing there was music playing my team were there my partner lee was there it was just very very chill however i did lose 1.2 liters of blood wow but that wasn't really traumatizing for me because afterwards i like was recovered and i went home in two days so all in all it was like a really drama like free birth compared to the first one compared anyway. to the first one yeah definitely yeah, compared <laughs> to the first one it was like a dream and then yeah came home after two days and introduced um cyprus to kamiko and kamiko to cyprus and then the chaos began and now you've got 
two little ones, two, well, not quite toddlers, but one is and one, one must be nearly yeah. working, which is really exciting. Kamiko's just started crawling this week and she's already starting to like open doors, like cabinets. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's chaotic and, you know, the days are really long. Like most days start at 5am for me, but also like it's giving them each other is like the best thing I could have done. I love being their mum and it's like beautiful, but of course it's so, so hard. And I think that I, I had my second child, but my first newborn experience with a toddler as well. Yeah, of course. So, it was just a lot for me to kind of cope with and process. But I feel like I'm now finding my feet a little bit and kind of learning to surrender that some days you can't really do much apart from changing nappies, give them milk, give them food, go for a walk, if that. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's just getting through the day, isn't it? When you're juggling yeah. babies, you've just got to get through. Yeah. You're not always going to have all of that energy. And it sounds like you're mm-hmm. doing incredible for the journey that you've already experienced so far. And it's still early days. But I think becoming a mother, it can often feel like you lose yourself a bit. Do you feel like your mm. identity changed after Cyprus? And has it changed again after Kamiko? Yeah. Again, because of the first experience, I think my identity was crushed because of living my life so independently and then being critically unwell and not being able to move, learning to walk, talk, eat again. That's a shock in itself. Shaving off all my hair because it was matted from the ICU. So I've gone from long, blonde, curly hair to them being like bold. So I think that also impacted it. And I think after Kamiko, I definitely, I think your body changes. So you kind of feel awkward with what you're wearing. And, you know, during my pregnancy, it was summer with Kamiko. So I just wore like leggings, a crop top and like an oversized linen shirt. And like now I can't stop wearing that because... That's kind of what I'm used to wearing. And yeah, you know, they say it takes like two years minimum to um, find who you are again after each child. Um, And I've obviously had two in two years. So I'm just kind of going with it. And I'm trying to show myself like grace and compassion and, you know, lower my expectations of myself. And I think eventually I will, you know, find who I am again after all the things that have happened. And also my age, like I'm 33 this month. So I've like come out of my 20s, that kind of 20 years of like chaotic energy. And now like I think I'm settling into like my womanhood and like who I am in general, plus being a mum. So it's just a journey that I'm trying to embrace. It is absolutely. And I think now you know, for, for everyone with the whole social media stuff, I know you do quite a lot of influencing online, which you do incredibly well at. There, there's a lot of pressure out there. There's, you know, not just for women, but more, I think there is more on mums as well. And and I, mm. I was the same and I still am 10 years later. I, I didn't wait for me the two years. I didn't discover my identity or what I should wear or how I should be. It's 10 years mm. later, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think it is, it's an ongoing journey forever. And then I'm sure when yeah. our children are much older and the teenagers, it's, you know, how should we be? How should we dress when we're when we've got teenagers as well? But you, you're doing absolutely incredible. Um, but I want to know what's one of the hardest things for you since becoming a parent. What have you struggled with? Because it seems like you Ooh. you just seem to just get on with it and do it, do it incredibly well. But I know there will have been tough times. Mm. I think my nature is just to get on with things. Like even when I was recovering 
from the ICU and like my coma and stuff, I just got on with it because there's nothing else I could do. And that's just, I think, who I am. So I wake up in the mornings, I jump in the shower straight away just so my mind hasn't got a chance to kind of go down that route of like intrusive thoughts and feeling sad and I'm so tired and I just want to be by myself for a bit. And that's how I try to start my day, just giving myself that chance to kind of wash away um, any any negativity that I feel. But the one thing that I really, I guess, miss and the one thing that I grieve is like alone time. I'm very independent and have been um, for a long time. And, you know, my job is quite... Um, not lonely, but it's a job that you can just do by yourself and you can be alone quite a lot. And I like that. I'm an introvert and I, I recharge by solitude and like by burning my incense and um, watching TV shows, having a bath. I love being by myself. Like I love it. And when you have two young children, it's really hard to carve out that alone time because when you do um, get a minute's peace or break and they're in bed or napping or whatever, there's, you know, cleaning the bottles, doing the washing, tidying up, doing a bit of work, etc., etc., doing a food shop. I struggle with that. But I try and have little routine throughout the day. So, you know, my morning shower is like, it has to happen. I drink like a, a balancing hormone drink and that's like a thing that I do every morning and it kind of sets me up for the day I do try and and give myself some time but that's the one thing that I really miss is just filling up my cup all the time yeah I love a massage I love getting my nails done and those things are kind of rare and like few and far between now I feel yeah when I get to do them oh I love it. <laughs> it's those little luxuries that I think you don't you don't realise when you become a parent that you're going to miss out on just the, the wash and blow mm-hmm. now and again. It, it suddenly becomes like like a big deal if you get to do that because mm-hmm. when you're looking after little ones you just don't have that time and I don't think it's something you can really prepare for like everybody tells yeah. you about the teeth and then the sleepless nights and you know it's it's that, yeah. that time alone like you said that you just don't get. Yeah. It's, it's the constant. It's no one prepares you for like how constant it is, how you're always on. Even when you're asleep, you are on because yeah. in case they stir in the night and it's, it's relentless. And that's the one thing I feel like no one told me about, like yeah. how much you are going to be on your feet. You'll sit down for two seconds and you're back up. And also like not being able to eat alone. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that doesn't happen. Wow. Eat alone. We no. alone. You can't we alone. You can't make a phone call on yeah. your own. Oh my god! You have to share <laughs> your food. You have to go for a pee, like with your child. You can't do, yeah, nothing alone. I love that you just give yourself that little routine every morning. The the time mm-hmm. in the shower, obviously, it's it's a necessity anyway. But yeah. just to just say no, this is what I'm doing. Have your drink in the morning. Yeah. That's that's lovely. But I just want to take it back a bit. I'm really interested to know where. This strength comes from, you're clearly very strong. Were you always a defiant little girl? How was childhood for Mm. you? Yeah, I had a quite a dramatic childhood. I grew up around um, domestic violence. I came from a family of quite um, aggressive men and I spent a lot of my childhood just um, trying to make it out really. And I always had a focus and I used to be dancing and performing and that kind of kept me 
um, on the straight and narrow. And I always just had this belief that I was going to be someone. I don't know. I always thought this can't be like life forever. Like, there's just no way. And no one kind of told me, no one taught me. It was just like in me. And I think it's called grit. That's like the terminology, grit. And I just dreamed. I think it's it's a privilege not to as a child and you you can dream and use your imagination as a really beautiful thing and i think a lot of people that have gone um through childhood trauma have had to have that escape yeah otherwise you're not going to survive so i think that's where my strength has come from i really haven't had a choice but also i think being vulnerable and actually allowing myself to feel, allow myself to cry, allow myself to not be strong yeah. all the time is where that also comes from. Because, you know, I've been through a lot and I don't let it kind of stop me. I don't let it freeze me. I think my thing is to kind of move through it, move through the pain, just keep going. Even on days where you don't think you can, like for me, I'm like, I've literally survived being dead for five minutes. I can survive getting through this. You really That's can. what I tell myself. And you do, you, you do somehow make it through, even when your eyes feel like they're bleeding because you're so tired. Um, and, you know, you've got stress with whatever. I just try and count my blessings. And you, you have, you've got two gorgeous blessings and I'm sure you've got many more as well. And it sounds like you you've got really good coping mechanisms. I know earlier you mentioned mm. that you also had postpartum depression and you mentioned dance as a child and you're still dancing yeah. now. Is that something that's helped you? Yeah, so I've been going to adult dance classes. I haven't been for a while because we just moved, but um, I really do like movement. I think for me, you know, I've had, uh, I've experienced sexual violence and I've experienced um, an eating disorder. So feeling like my body is mine and I'm I'm in it and it's free is a really powerful thing for me. So dancing does that for me. I'm going on really long walks. I love walking in the rain. So obviously in England, that's that can happen every single day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like doing that and um, again, like massage, swimming, things that are really grounding, really, really help with my mental health. So that's been imperative um, in this kind of fourth trimester postpartum period. But yeah, I really, I really suffered with a low mood after Kamiko. Um, I've been on antidepressants ever since um, having her. So I kind of managed my mind um, and my well-being with those. And then plus all the other kind of holistic things that I do. What's been the best thing for you since becoming a parent? Ooh. I get these moments where I'm like, I'm a mother. I think it's like, the, the, like I, I'm like, I, I am a mother. I do that too. <laughs> like, I'm how did doing. that happen? Yeah. It's just those little moments where, like, yesterday I was at a soft play with um, Cypress, my oldest, and he kept, like, going off with um, these, like, little friends that he'd made, and he's really confident, and he kept coming back and letting me know, like, oh, I'm going over here, or he'd give me a thumbs up. And that attachment... I'm like, wow, like he actually like loves me. Like I, he comes to me for everything. That is like beautiful to be that kind of safe space yes. for someone is just um, incredible. No matter what you look like, no matter like your mood, um, no matter how you feel, your child looks at you and you are their everything. And I think that's so special. Um, so I love that. 
and just being able to be a child with them. Yes. Like painting, yes. drawing, like jumping in puddles. Just a big kid. It's really healing, I think, especially when you've had childhood trauma to kind of be able to reparent yourself whilst parenting. Yeah. It's hard, but it's also like really beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Being able to just mess around again, be silly, play music, dance around the house, all of the things that even I do now, I probably wouldn't do if yeah. I didn't have the children. I'll do for yeah. you classes, just whatever I can to move to try and have fun. And, and yeah, I think when you have had a childhood like yours, you're given this opportunity to almost recreate, re-give yourself those mm. little bits that you might have mm. missed out on. And it's lovely that you're doing it. You're doing an incredible job. And the fact that he comes back to you in a soft play centre to tell you where he's moving. You're clearly doing incredibly so well because man wouldn't man in front of and I'd have to go on a search party for them. <laughs> Do you have an insatiable fascination with the paranormal? Brace yourself for the supernatural world is about to reveal all of its secrets on the Paranormal Activity Podcast. And who better to guide you through this hair-raising journey than myself, Yvette Fielding, renowned paranormal investigator. Every episode of Paranormal Activity takes you on an unforgettable adventure into the unknown. It was so vivid. I saw a white figure move towards the end of the corridor. The first thing I tried to do was I got my phone out my pocket I tried to film it and my battery, the line on my battery, it just went to zero and my phone went straight off. We, we have witnesses that were in Smarlock Woods that night that were assaulted and illegally searched and detained by the military. No! And they saw the object on the ground. Will you dare to join me? Listen to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, wherever you get your podcasts from. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. What advice would you give um, to anybody who is going through postpartum depression or feels as though they're not quite bonding with the child? I think ask for help and talk about it. I think the shame and the, and the guilt and those kind of really difficult feelings grow and expand when you keep them inside. And I, I think it was like two weeks after having Kamiko, I was like, this isn't right. I was having really dark, like intrusive thoughts that I was going to get killed and all these things were happening. So I said, I'm, I'm just going to call the, the um, health team and just tell them how I feel. And I, yeah, I got to see a mental health um, nurse and then a doctor. And I wasn't once kind of made to feel like I was going crazy or that I couldn't look after my child. Um, everyone was very understanding, which was really nice. And that's, I think, why I'm quite honest on social media to help other people and other mums feel like they're not alone. Like, yeah. I felt how you feel. Like, it's difficult. It's brutal. You have serious lack of sleep which is torture you're, you're bleeding you're aching um if you had a c-section you're obviously in quite a lot of pain yeah. and that also affects your mental health so talk about it and get advice and get help and don't be ashamed to want to go on medication or um you need to lean on people around you um because i feel like in the family home the mother is is everything yeah the the mother is happy the house is happy yeah i think culturally and like in this society as well we've got to this place where we've forgotten just how difficult postpartum is like you do need a village i do not know how people do it alone i really don't like my mum raised me and my sister by herself never had any help and i just it blows my mind. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just the lack of support that mothers get is wild. Especially I agree. in the workplace. Yeah. I agree. So speak up, ask for help, know that you're worthy. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to talk. You've got to mm-hmm. ask for help. And I think that's something when, when anybody asks me, what advice would you give to a new parent? I will always say, accept the help. Because I think now, mm. you know, times have changed years ago. Like you've just said, your mum done it on her own, was yeah. probably expected to do it on her own. So was my, my, yeah. my nana. She, she raised nine children completely on her own. It was kind of like, that's mum's job to do that with no help. I think it's changing now and, and families and friends will offer to look after the baby whilst mum has a nap. And, and I was awful for, for accepting it. I would say now I, w- I insisted on doing it on my own because I was worried about what people might think. You know, mm-hmm. I, I insisted on doing every nappy, every bottle, every bedtime, every bath. And and now I go, why didn't I just let someone help for an hour? Just, just my mum or my sister so that I could have had a nap and I would have felt so much better. Um, so that's yeah. something I, I do say to, to anybody. What advice would you give to any new mums? Just ignore all the noise. <laughs> all the advice everyone's giving you like all these mums on Instagram who have like cleaners cooks yeah. like the house is immaculate their children look immaculate like everything's always great that is not realistic that is not it's realistic not. sometimes I take the kids for a walk and they're they've just had lunch and they're covered in food but just get out of the house like 
kids are meant to be messy yeah. sometimes, you know? Um, so ignore all of the noise and trust your own instinct. Like, I cannot even preach that enough. Like, mothers, no. Yeah. Um, and, go, and, and go with it. And just because you parent one way doesn't mean someone else wants to parent that way and vice versa. Yeah. And I think there's no right or wrong. And there's no, there is no actual handbook. You know, there might be all, all the books and advice you can read on the internet, but no two children are the same. My three are completely different. And that was one of the biggest shocks to me. I thought, surely brothers and sisters, I've got twins as well. They're going to be similar. Yeah. They're not. They are completely different. So you've just got to yeah. parent the way that you want to and treat them as individuals yeah. as well. Yeah. You parent them differently. Um, and you're going to need to meet their needs differently. Um, and that's okay. And just like have an expectations, like your house will look awful. <laughs> like the washing will pile up. You will have to eat like freezer meals for a while. And that's okay. Okay. Let go of the control. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah, that's something thing. that's took me time to get used to. I, I yeah. like everything in its place. I like everything neat and tidy. But now I'm, you know, I'm just like, Do you know what? It's a family home. I've got three children. It's going to be messy sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. And when I've got the energy, I'll pick up the towels and I'll do the washing yeah. and, and I'll tidy up. And within five minutes, it's all out again. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think being calm about the lack of control is a good mm -hmm. place to be. Definitely. Yeah, agreed. Now, my children are a lot older than yours. I've got twins that are nine and my youngest daughter is six. Have you got any questions for me? Ooh, <laughs> does it get easier? <laughs> <laughs> It does, it does. And do you okay. know what? I, I never I never believed anyone that told me it would get easier. There's still challenging times, obviously, as the growing, the maturing, my, my youngest especially is just wanting to be more independent now. She's six mm. going on 16. I don't know if that's because she's the youngest. She wants to shout louder and she wants to be heard. Um, yeah. Um, and my twins are, are 10 and very, very well behaved. But I'm sure if you ask somebody with teenagers, they might say, no, it doesn't get easier, but I'm not mm. there yet. I'm, I'm dreading that stage. But yeah, it, it gets easier. Yeah, I'm looking forward to just like, just a bit more peace, you know? Usually it gets harder again. I'm okay with just a little, yeah. I feel like I'm in that middle bit where it's kind of, mm. everyone's in a routine. It's quite calm. There's no hormones flying about yet. So we're doing all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, they're in school, they're in full-time school. So that is a break for me. That gives me time to tidy the house, to work, to, mm -hmm. to go and get my hair and my nails done if I want to. But yeah. I'd also say whilst you're at your stage, just en enjoy it, which it sounds like you are yeah. anyway, but it, it does go so fast. And I remember people mm -hmm. saying to me, oh, before you know it, they'll be in school and you, you're crying at the school gates. And, and I was, and that was totally me. I was sobbing and it, it took me, it took me well over a year to get, used to dropping my children off with these people like who yeah. are teachers obviously but for me I was just like I'm leaving my children in somebody else's yeah. care all day and and I'm not there to watch them to see how it's going but yeah it, it happens and it'll come around for you pretty quick so yeah just, I'm not looking just forward enjoy to that. it you're not no I, <laughs> I really really wasn't okay with it it took me a while now I'm like right you're going in come on yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm counting down out. the summer holidays like when are we back to routine um okay now we have got a question from Nat on WhatsApp she says I love the podcast I hope it's not too much information but I've been breastfeeding my little one from the very beginning now he started teething and oh my god my boobs are in agony 
day. I absolutely dread the feeds and I worry about what state my nipples are going to be in after, but I still don't want to stop breastfeeding. Have you got any advice on how to reduce the pain or any products that would be good for me? Keep up the good work, Nat. Um, cabbage leaves are really good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like cold cabbage leaves are really good to alleviate pain. So like mastitis, cracked nipples, etc. Really? I thought that was one of those old wives tales, but it actually no, works. No, it works. Yeah. And um, if you do have like milk ducts that are blocked, um, like you can like push them and you can push the milk like out of wow. the, the block duct. Um, I think it's Lanaso nipple cream. Lanaso. That's like really, really good nipple cream and it's safe for your baby to like yes. taste. Yeah, I was just thinking that they're going to taste the cabbage if you've put the cabbage leaves on. Will they taste that? I think you could maybe put the cabbage leaves on and then shower. Wash it. <laughs> Oh yeah, the end, the end of the day, cabbage leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what probably I mean? best. I mean, I would go as far as putting them in the, in the freezer, I think. You know, your nipples are that sore and cracked. Just, yeah, frozen cabbage leaves, 100%. Lanaso, um nipple cream, and that's kind of it. It's brutal. But the, having children on your body is... Is the it's yeah, a lot. yeah. It, but it sounds like you're doing amazing, and I've absolutely loved talking to you, Grace. And I'm sure your babies are waiting for you. I really appreciate you giving your time. Honestly, I could have spoken to you for so much longer. Aww. I know you've got to go. Thank you. But thank you so so much. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for listening to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button or follow so that you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So please get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free anonymously if you want to at 075-999-27537 or email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.